Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. It's a brand new Flyers Daily for Tuesday, the 20th of September. And it is our first Tuesday. Well, we did a Tuesday edition a couple weeks back after Labor Day. But we are back to five days a week. We'll be at seven days a week, the first week of the regular season. And this is a Tuesday edition. And uh, we all wish it was coming with some better news. Uh, We have some incomplete news at this point. Obviously, the story broke yesterday, last evening, that Sean Couturier has suffered an upper body injury. Here's the uh, exact quote from Flyers general manager and president of hockey operations, Chuck Fletcher. Philadelphia Flyers forward, Sean Couturier has an upper body injury and will be reevaluated during training camp. He is considered week to week. So, obviously, bad news. Uh, Reports, some conflicting reports. I don't know if I would call them conflicting or maybe the word is varying reports. Uh, Anthony Sanfilippo from Crossing Broad and the Snow the Goalie podcast uh, was the first to break the news that Couturier had suffered an injury uh, to his back. Now, the severity we've seen from Elliot Friedman uh, saying that the Flyers are seeking a second opinion to determine the exact nature of the injury. The pain occurred within the last few days during escape. While it is in the same area as previous injury, there's not yet certainty it is the same injury. We've had a, a report that said that maybe it didn't happen during a skate and it actually happened during a workout. And Frank Saravalli uh, also tweeted out that to further the report, he's uh, the Flyers are hoping that Couturier's back could heal in six to eight weeks. And if it doesn't, surgery could be required which could put him on the shelf for a significant period of time. Now, obviously, Sean Couturier missed a lot of time last season, uh, had the back injury relatively early in the season, got off to a pretty good statistical start to the season last year, tried to play through it, realized he couldn't, uh, opted for the back surgery, and went into the rehabilitation process all the way through this summer. Matter of fact, just about a week ago, Sean Couturier, in a media availability, said that he was back to 100%. It was since then, you know, some people going, well, he said he was 100%. That was clearly not the case. Well, the injury, this injury happened after that availability. And, you know, I've said it a lot of times that he's the most important player on the Flyers team outside of the goaltending position because of the the boxes that he checks as a player. He checks the box of a first-rate power play guy. He checks the box as a great 5-on-5 player offensively and defensively all zone. I mean, he won a Selkie. He was a runner-up for a Selkie and won a Selkie. So that speaks to the player that he is as a 5-on-5 player. He also, obviously, is a very good penalty killer. Um, He has been in the league a long time, although only 29 years of age, and he's getting ready to start year one of a new eight-year contract. So, you know, it's freaking Flyer fans out. And I get it. I'm with you. I'm freaked out because I'm going, you know, one of the questions that I think I asked Bill Meltzer, we talked about over the last week or so on this podcast was, is is this time for the ascension for all the bad luck to be in the rearview mirror and now an ascension for this team? And when you get this news that Sean Couturier, who missed a lot of last season and did have back surgery, you know, it's amazing what they can do surgically when it comes to the back now but it's still back surgery it's still obviously concerning and then to see that there's a re-injury of the back we don't know what we don't know is if this is 
a different injury. One of the reports I, I saw said he had he herniated a disc. Um, I don't know if it is the same exact area or this injury happened because that area wasn't strong enough. We don't know those answers just yet. I have heard that the severity of the injury has not yet been determined, and maybe some of those reports were uh, a little bit uh, ahead of where the actual information is at this point. I don't know, uh, but there's still a lot to learn. Look, there's nothing positive about seeing a player of Sean Couturier's importance, of his stature, on and off the ice. He's a guy that you know a lot of us ticketed to be the next captain of this team with the departure of Claude Giroux. And to not have him available is a huge blow. I think it's a really big blow. I think all of you think it's a really big blow. And look, I see there's a ton of revisionist history out there. And people saying, well, they should have traded Couturier before signing that extension. I don't think there's a general manager or a president of hockey operations in the NHL that would have done that. Now you go, well, he had a lot of wear and tear. Well, he's played some hard minutes, absolutely. And he's played a lot because he came into the league right after he was drafted. You know, he made the team as a rookie after the Flyers drafted him all those years ago. And he, yeah, he plays some hard minutes. And But he's a guy that when he signed his contract, and I'll go to Bill Meltzer's Twitter on this, uh, he signed it on August 26th of 2021. Now remember, the, the dates are a little different because of the pandemic and everything else. Didn't sign it right at the first availability. But at, at, as Bill says in his tweet, at that point, when Sean Couturier signed the deal on August 26, 2021, he had no significant recent injury history. He played all 82 games in the 17-18 season, played 80 in the 18-19 season, and he played all 69 in the 2019-20 season. There was only 69 games that season because that's where it was obviously cut short when the pandemic hit on March 13th of that year. And he missed 11 games in the 2020-21 season, but that was due to a ribcage injury not his back. That was that freakish, I think, like the, the chest plate rib cage injury that he suffered right in the beginning of that year. I think it was the second game against the Penguins, if I'm not mistaken. So there was not significant injury history there. And he's coming off a Selkie at that time. And he gave the team open market value, a, a bit of a discount as well. And since then, obviously, last year he missed two-thirds of the season, and had back surgery. And then this season's not even underway, and we have news of another injury. So, you know, it's revisionist history to say that the Flyers should have traded them, him at that time after winning a Selkie. Again, no GM or president of hockey operations or anyone would have done that. It's easy to say now. Very easy to say now. And you may say, and you may tweet me and say, I was saying they should have done that back then. And if you did say it back then, I would have called you foolish. In hindsight, I'm not even going to go there just yet. I don't know the severity of this injury. But it is concerning. And, you know, it's year one of a new eight-year deal that he's ready to start this season. And there's a lot tied up in Sean Couturier. I mean, when we talk about the players that John Tortorella would love, Sean Couturier is at the top of that list. I mean, any coach, he's a, he's a player that any coach, when healthy, loves. I said this when Elaine Vigneault was the coach, that whenever they were kind of struggling offensively from the time A.V. got here, probably even before that, when 
Dave Haxtall was the coach, or Scott Gordon was the interim, that whenever they were juggling lines, there was always a line outside the coach's door saying, can you put me on his line? Because he was so good five-on-five, not only at defending, lightening the load for a line mate, but also commanding a lot of attention in the offensive zone. So guys wanted to play with him because of how good of a player he was in all zones. So we'll follow this story. We'll see where it goes. Um, There's nothing positive about it. There's nothing positive about another back injury to Sean Couturier. Again, we'll find out, you know, is he week to week? Is this injury more severe, as severe, or less severe than being reported right now? I don't think that that's been determined yet. We'll have to wait for those answers, unfortunately. And it is a freak-out moment because you're going, geez, we're not even at training camp for the veterans to report, and already we're hearing about injuries again. It's, it's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Injuries happen in sports. Players come back from them all the time. I don't know if anybody saw the Sportsnet documentary that they did on Connor McDavid's knee and what he had to go through, and he's been an all-world player since. Now that's McDavid, I know. But significant injuries happen to players in pro sports, and they come back from them. Sometimes it compounds into other injuries. Sometimes it takes longer than you thought. I, You know, it's the back is one of those things that is no joke, is no joke for sure. So best to Sean Couturier. We'll hope for the best outcome here possible. Um, I don't know what that outcome is just yet, but this one shakes you a little bit, and it's shaken me a little bit as well. Um, In this episode, earlier in the day on Monday, so you won't hear any references to this injury in this conversation because this was before uh, this news came out, I had a chance to catch up with Phantoms now head coach Ian LaPerriere. The rookie games just wrapped up this past weekend, so I've been looking forward to this conversation with Lappy to talk about a lot of the young guys and the rookie guys in camp and and what he saw in those games and what he's seen in the development of guys. So he joins us right now. It is the head coach of the Phantoms, Ian LaPerriere. Lappy, how was your summer? Good. Busy. Uh, we made the move from uh, South Jersey to Pennsylvania, and we dropped both of our kids to college. So it's been a busy summer. So you guys, are you an empty nester now? We are. We just, uh, I got one, uh, my, uh, my oldest is a junior at Towson University, and my youngest is at VMI. Wow. So uh, it's me, the wife, and uh, both dogs. <laughs> You're hanging out with yeah. the dogs quite a bit, aren't you? Yeah, we love our dogs. They're like, uh, they're our babies now. They're, you know, we've, we're big fan of dogs. Dogs are the best, and uh, we're happy to have them. That's for sure. Uh, how much of a change is it for you when there's a head coach change in the organization? Well, I met with Torts uh, when he got the job, and uh, it's different. Like you know, Av wanted to play the same system and pretty much. Uh, do the same thing, but when I met with Torts, he told me, uh, you do your own thing, you got to win down there, I got to do my own thing here, and uh, we'll stay in touch a little bit, but uh, not much, which I like both, you know, it's, yeah. he's the boss, he's, get, you know, he decides how it works, and, but he told me, give me carte blanche to run um, rookie camp, and he said, uh, when you get down there, you know, you do your own thing, so I'm good with that. Did you know Torts at all prior to this? Because, you know, he's a guy that comes in with um, a lot of conceptions, some misconceptions, um, but certainly a reputation that in some regards is well-earned and others maybe it's not as well-earned. 
Well, I know Brad Larson well. He's a friend of mine, and he coached with him for six years. And um, I talked to him quite a bit about torts when he got the job. And <clears throat> excuse me. And I talked to people around the league. Like it's a small world we we're in. And uh, yeah. the one thing that keeps coming back, it's like he's honest. You know, he's just honest. And sometimes, you know, people don't like that. They don't like to hear it. He's honest with the, his players first. He's honest with the media. And at the end of the day, there's something to it. I believe in that too. Like I, I, I feel sometimes, and not only in hockey, in the world period, there's too much uh, BS, excuse my French, but there's too much BS and a little bit of honesty is never bad. And that's his philosophy. Like he's, you know, if you don't play his way, you don't play the way he wants you to play, well, you won't play. And uh, as a, you know, I played before, and sometimes coaches that were coaching me, they were playing games with me. I didn't like that. I just want honesty. And again, the players won't like it all the time, but at least they know he's straightforward with them and he's honest. Yeah, I don't know where things went sideways in our world where it's a, it became a world of I need to tell you what you need to hear, not what is the honest, the God's honest well, truth. I just, I just turned the TV on. Forget about sports, just world yeah. in general. It's just left and right. And, you know, you watch the news, it's the same thing. And, you know, it's it's, it's crazy and it's wrong. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, Lap, what did, you, what did you learn kind of year one to year two? I learned a lot, my friend. Like, you know, it was, uh, it was a crazy year. It was, uh, you know, Forget about the uh, the COVID thing, you know, injuries and everything. It was just, uh, it was a big time learning experience for me, you know. And uh, I look back a lot all summer and, you know, like people think you just, uh, the season's over and uh, you turn the switch off, which is not true. You know, you never mm-hmm. really turn the switch off. You know, you're so much uh, invested in that. You know, me and my staff, we care about this team. We care about the young guys and everything. And all summer long, I was, you know, looking back of our season, what I could have done better. And you know what? I'm asking my players to learn from their mistakes and become better. And it starts with me. You know, I'm a, I'm a young head coach. You know, I don't have much experience as a head coach. I coach a long time, but never as a head coach. So I took that first year as a big time learning, learning experience. You know, you can go from system thing, the way I approach some guys. You know, I made mistakes, but uh, I think I'll be better because I'm learning from it. Yeah, it's it's almost like you turn the wick up mentally in the off season. You don't have the practices and the grind and the schedule to get in your way, but you really want to dissect every element of the season and how you handle situations, like you said, systems and all of that stuff. It it becomes very consuming, doesn't it? It does, but that's why I took the job because I want yep. something to uh, to get my blood flowing, my blood going, and you know, like uh, the adrenaline. I'm still. Uh, a young man in good shape, so I needed a challenge, and uh, I got a, had a hell of a one last year. But um, you know, I like it. on the Phantom side. I like what uh, the organization did. Like you know, uh, Brett Flair and uh, Chuck, they signed a couple good uh, older uh, free agent for my team. So I'm excited to work with them. And at, at my level, you need those guys to show the young yeah. guys uh, how it's done. You know, I get yeah. the Denoyer wisdom. Uh, maybe Forrester if he doesn't make the big team coming to me this year. So they will need, you know, I'm, I'm the main voice, but those veterans are so important for my locker room because I'm not with them all the time. So they need to push the same message. They need to help those kids become pros. And I feel like, um, they, you know, to add to the Garrett Wilson, to the Cal O'Reilly of this world, I think we add a lot of good veterans to help those, those kids become pros. Oh man, those guys are like unsung heroes on a development 
for for young guys to, you know, the guys that put on shin guards and a helmet and walk out on the ice and battle with them. That, that is absolutely important. You just mentioned, let, let's talk about those rookie games this weekend, uh, Lab, yeah. because you got a couple practices in, but they don't waste any time in the NHL anymore. It's like, hey, practice. Hey, how about a couple games? <laughs> you guys yeah. get a couple this weekend. And you mentioned Tyson Forster. Boy, um, you know, he's known for the scoring lap, but what a death pass off the half wall to Zamula for the one goal. Um, but he just looks like he's finally got confidence. I know playing in the WJC, which was postponed into the summer, really knocked a lot of rust off and really gave him a good jump start heading into this rookie camp. For sure. And he looks like a different man. Like, you know, last year he was built like a kid and he had shoulders, you know, shoulder issues and, uh, I remember we were in Charlotte and he he was on a five on three and he dove to keep that puck in and his, his shoulder popped out. So I'm saying that because I, I played the game, like I said earlier, and when you play with an injury at a young age and you're strong enough to battle through, or not battle through, but not strong enough to, uh, um, you know, it plays mind games with you. That's that's what I'm trying to say. Or like, you know, for him last year, he came to us injured, I feel. But looking back and five years you're gonna he's gonna be like that year that i miss and rehabbing my shoulder and getting stronger it's gonna be a blessing and i really believe that because he looks like a different man he's you know he's bigger he's stronger he's more involved physically and i'm not talking about running around finishing his check but winning those board side battles that he's gonna need to do at my level and he's gonna need to do at the next level so and you know skill wise it's always been there but it's the little thing that you need to do to keep climbing the, the ladder and go through the NHL that uh, I feel like with the new physique that he's got, the, the work that he put in all year last year, it's going to help him uh, making the jump uh, even quicker. Did you have the same reaction to him during development camp when I sat down with him? Lab? I had this just reaction like I was, OK, I remember seeing him maybe it was even two years ago. And I just and I saw him at development camp. As soon as he walked up, I go, God, he looks like a totally different person. Just his facial structure. I'm like, this isn't like this, you know, kid just starting to grow hair under his armpits anymore. He's actually, you know, a, a young man a now. Man. Yeah, it's well, that's crazy, right? Again, it may, maybe <laughs> would have happened no matter what, but I feel like that year, again, he only played what? He played nine games for me and he got injured. Yeah. So, and he played at the end of the year with his junior team, but he had like a good six months of rehab, of working out, of working on becoming a man. And, I really do think like uh, it's going to be a blessing for his career, and nobody likes to be injured. Don't get me wrong, but at the uh, at the end of the day, his shoulder was weak, and it popped out obviously on a nothing play, so it was ready to you know to pop. So uh, it's going to be uh, probably a blessing that all the work he put in in that year, and also made him realize that he need to be stronger. And again, you look at him; his shoulders are bigger. He's he's confident, and it it goes hand in hand. You know, if you're stronger and you know you're going to win those battles and you won't get hurt, well, you, your confidence go way up. And um, I like about that kid too; he's got a smile on his face every day when he comes to the rink. He's got that big smile on his face, and he's ready to go to work. And it's not really work; it's 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 a game for him. And sometimes I feel like that generation they forget that. It's still a game, and and uh, it's the game that they play when they were little boys. So uh, I know there's business behind it and money behind it, but uh, I feel like sometimes those kids forget that it's a game first. And uh, Tyson doesn't forget that. He goes out there, and uh, he, he's having fun. Is the arc of development starting to become normal again after the COVID and the missed OHL seasons and everything that happened for these young drafted players? Is it starting to kind of 
you know, mere normality again for you? Yeah, well, it's going to be this year. I'm looking forward for, you know, to, to be able to work with those guys. Not worry about, uh, you know, missing. Like I remember we missed five days of practice and that's five days of development for those kids and yeah. five days straight. And we had to play Friday, Saturday, Sunday without practicing. So it's not fair for the, these guys, not fair for us. And But every team had to go through that. So I'm not, I'm not saying it's, I'm not using that as an excuse, but it's, it's, it's bad for the development of those kids and but I, th this year is going to be more normal hopefully everything is going to stay like it is right now but um i'm looking forward to to work with those kids in a normal uh, schedule if you want lap as a coach you have certain players you look at and go well this this guy's a high maintenance player i got to be on him about these details or i don't have to be on him and you you had three guys in this rookie camp Noah and Jackson Cates and Elliot Denoye who are guys that, and I asked Bill Meltzer this in yesterday's episode, I just said, is Denoye also the son of a coach? Because I know Noah and Jackson Cates are. And you can see that in these players' games, the, the detail, the, the finer well, things, they, they're all sons of coaches. <laughs> and you're right, all three of them. Like, uh, the details, their stick position, like uh, mm -hmm. like Denoye, I know, I said that before, I played with his dad all my life when we were younger, so... Is that the hockey guy and uh, stepdad is the skill coach? So, so is that is, is uh, stepdad playing? Uh, he played a couple games in the NHL, playing the NHL. Pascal Trepanier, his name is, and uh, that's what they do in the summer. They work on skills, and his dad uh, runs a, an arena back home uh, where he's from. So he's a he's a rink rat, and he's he, he's detail. And you're right when you see. You know, kids that um, grew up in the game and dad will coach them and they're, they're known as to be, you know, good coaches like uh, Noah's dad and, and Jackson's dad that um, it's it's it pays off. It's, you know, they're, they're different. They're, they're, their attention to details are different. And you, you notice I noticed that this weekend, all three of them played. They had a hell of a weekend. I noticed the same thing. And, and what is it? Is it the car rides where the detail elements, because, you know, coaches talk to their teams all the time, but when you get in the car after the team leaves the locker room, you pack up your bag and you put it in the trunk. It's the car ride where dad really breaks down the detail of the game. And they, Probably, and these, these and guys become an absorption sponge. Yeah. But I, I bet you they, they sit down and watch hockey together and, you know, it's yep. uh, it, it's something so uh, I did with my dad, and I, I'm sure they do that with their dad, but my dad wasn't a coach, but their dads are coaches. So they're probably going to point out some stuff that regular dad wouldn't point out. And uh, and obviously, all three of them, are, they're passionate about the game. They're passionate about the sport. So when you do have passion first, it always help uh, uh, getting to work and getting those little details um, into your game. Um, I get the sense you really like a player that, that brings to the table what Elliot Denoye brings to the table day in and day out. He's a fun player to watch. He's a bit dramatic. Um, we talked about the details, but what, what have you seen out of Elliot? Well, exactly what we just talked about, you know, stick details and, you know, like um, the angles that he takes. Like we only had two practice before that weekend, but you notice the guys that pay attention in those meetings. Like, you know, we show videos, we throw so much stuff at so much stuff at them in two days but you can tell the kids that really pay attention because they they bring those details into the game. And uh, I can talk about stick position, the forecheck position, the neutral zone, D zone coverage. And again, they're smart because in two days, some of those guys, pay, you can tell they did pay attention. And I like, I, I really do like uh, Elliot. Um, 
camp, but I talked to him yesterday. I felt like his first two days were just okay for me, but he, he just kept, kept climbing. I know it's early, but the, the good news is he, he realized it after his first day was in his best day, and he got better in the second day, and he got better in the third day. And I felt like it's uh, the last preseason, uh, preseason, the last scrimmage against the Rangers. That was his best day, energy-wise and system-wise, and the details of the game. And uh, that's for me, it's it's great. He keeps improving, and this guy's the limit for that kid. You know, he's going to need to be stronger. And I watched his sermon this summer. Um, you know, the World Juniors, and he had a you know a fourth line role and. And um, I felt like he was getting pushed around some some games against bigger guys, but uh, bigger guys. But again, he's 19 years old. He needs he's gonna get stronger, and he knows that too. So we're gonna help him become a good pro. Let me ask you about a couple of D. Let's start with Ronnie Adder. Got he got some games last year in the NHL. You know he, he had some rough nights there uh, with the Flyers, but he rebounded. Ended up finishing only minus two, and he, I think he had a minus nine in two games at one point. But uh, the shot is legit. Um, he's a big, strong kid, right side guy. What have you seen out of Adder as he's kind of moving away from the college game into pro now? That's another kid that loves the game. I love that about him. Comes to the rink with a big smile on his face. He's, uh, like you said, he's a big boy. He's a big boy who can skates well and, uh, you know, moves the puck well. Great shot. And that's, that's one thing I noticed this weekend. He's going to have to... You know, sometimes those kids, when they dominate in college, they look for that beautiful, perfect play. But at our level, and especially at the next level, the play that you see is the play that you should make because nothing else going to open up. You know, system-wise, guys, are it's going to even this week in camp, the main camp, it's going to get faster. It's going to be the players are better. So that's the adjustment that most of those kids have to do. You know, sometimes like Zimula still has those. Um, uh, not brain cramp, but those little mistakes too. Sometimes, like he, he's looking for the nicer play that it's there already. But sometimes the simple play, the direct play, the direct pass that's open, it's the best play to make. And and again, uh, Ronnie's gonna have to. It's gonna be an adjustment. But you're saying that last year he did struggle first couple first couple of games. I remember when Provorov came to us. It was minus five in Chicago after uh, I yep. think it was game two of his uh, NHL career. So uh, my point is like uh, Provi turned out to be pretty good. So I wouldn't be worried about Ronnie too much about the first two games. I remember that distinctly. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned this, uh, Zamula. How much more comfortable does he look? And I know he put on some good muscle. He did. I'm, I'm proud of him too. Like uh, that's a meeting that I had with him at the end of the year. And I know the management did that meeting with him too, that, He's got to put the work in the gym. You know, there's no, there's no other way to put good muscle. You know, everybody can put 10 pounds of bad food in you. And I'm not sure he can, but he's so like, you know, he eats all the time. He doesn't gain weight, but the weight he, he put on, it was like, I think it's 10 pounds this summer. Like it's, that means he spent his time in the, in the gym. He still has room to put more weight on, but it doesn't seem to affect, affect his game. And uh, I felt like this week he, he was a man among boys, you know, he was making those uh, read on our guys. And, uh, you know, we, you know, this week we had, we did that 18, 19, 20 year old kids, you know, like they're junior kids, but, uh, you know, he should be better than those guys than he was. And uh, I love Z. Z's got a real shot of making, uh, having an NHL career, 
because he's he's starting to do the right thing you know in the gym it's, that's where it starts for him um, i'm a big believer that he's got all the tools in the world he just needs to be stronger because an 82 game season at the nhl level is hard to do you know and it's 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 hard to go in the travel the, the battling every day and practice and it's going to be um you know it's a grind and uh, if you if you're too skinny you're too weak you can't go through that grind you're going to get injured or you won't play well enough to stay there so he realized that he put the work in and uh, i'm proud of him yeah he's he's an important piece and a lot of good depth here uh, throughout the organization uh, on defense. And we'll see some of these guys this year, perhaps. We'll see how that goes. Lappy, get to your run, man. I really appreciate the time. <laughs> Best of luck with the rest of camp, and we'll talk soon. All right. Good to, uh, good to see you. I see you. People don't see you, but I do. All right, my man. I'll see you at the rink. Yeah, you're the lucky one. Thanks, brother. <laughs> okay, bye. Thanks to Ian LePierre for joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily. We'll have another brand new one for you coming up tomorrow. And if we get more information regarding the uh, status of Sean Couturier and the injury. Uh, We'll be sure to talk about that and much more. So we'll talk to you tomorrow on a brand new Flyers Daily.